0: Welcome to the Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters podcast. Here you will find a safe space to learn and grow with leaders in education, disability studies, disability advocacy, and diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations. Specifically, we look at how disability fits into diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to frame disability awareness in the context of educating K-12 communities. This podcast serves educators, parents, and community members who strive to learn and or teach about disability in a research-based and respectful way, moving beyond simple awareness and diving into inclusive and socially responsive conversations. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's go Beyond Awareness. I'm so thrilled to have Leroy Moore here joining us here today on the Beyond Awareness podcast. I've known Leroy for many years. We became friends as we served on the Board of Directors of Disability Rights California. And then there were many years in between. And now we serve on the Board of Directors of Disability Voices United together. Leroy is not only someone I consider a friend, but a mentor and has always been a supporter of all my years of growing and evolving in terms of my disability awareness work. Leroy is the author of Black Disabled Man with a Big Mouth and a High IQ, Black Cripple Delivers Poetry and Lyrics, Black Disabled Art History 101, Black Disabled Ancestors, Crip Hop Graphic Novel, and for you, Black disabled young men. And excitedly, Leroy is also currently a doctoral student at UCLA. <laughs> There's so much more to know about Leroy. Leroy Moore, welcome to the Beyond Awareness podcast.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. In. thank you for doing this. This is so great. I'm so, I'm so lucky that you're doing this because it's way overdue.
0: Thank you so much, Leroy. That means a lot to me. So Leroy, can you please share your history, your passions, and why you believe in educating our children and youth about disability from a social justice context?
1: Yeah, since day one, I've always been looking for myself and others, like disabled people in history, in my neighborhood, and... in music so um one um story that i always tell is it's a story that goes back is that i was in my father's basement this was in connecticut and you know my family had a basement so i was in my father's basement and he had a huge record collection this was before CDs and before MP3s and before computers. So he had a huge record collection. And I kept on looking at the record collection and I saw all these black disabled musicians. I was like, what is this? You know, it was like a mirror of me. I, I didn't get in school, I didn't get anywhere so because of that and because of porgy and best the opera porgy and Bess, you know porgy had a disability and when i saw it on tv i shot it at my mother. I was like i'm on tv i'm on tv um, and my mother came to looked my mother's was like no that's porgy and i looked up to my mother I was like i'm porgy i'm porgy because that's the first time I saw a black disabled man on TV. Oh,
0: wow! Yeah, you know, what a powerful moment that must have been.
1: You know, it was huge. It changed, it changed my whole, um, my whole vision. As a matter of fact, I'm still on that track of researching black disabled people. You know? yeah. So you know, so that that started my. Hunger for playing out about black disabled people and activism. And from there, I got involved with police brutality work and my father was, uh, was uh, linked to the Black Panthers. And I used to go to the, his meetings, and you know, they used to talk about police brutality. This is back in the late 70s, so way before Black Lives Matter. And I realized that a lot of black disabled people were getting shot then, and now it's 22, and it's almost the same story. So, so yeah. So my my um, history of you know continued researching around black dis- disability, and, and you know I, I included with poetry now and now nation and other things that I do. So so yeah, it's really important for teachers. Teachers are all teachers, not only special education teachers, all teachers should know around disability and black disability history. And that's one thing that i trying to do. With his PhD, let's try and take UCLA um, to really pick up black disability studies. So we're working on that as we speak.
0: That's awesome. That's directly because of you. <laughs> so, so happy that you're pushing for that, Leroy. That's wonderful. What do you think is going to be the result of having black disability studies at UCLA and other places what what is your hope for the outcome of that?
1: Well the outcome you know before it gets into universities because you know black studies started in in, in the community. So I really want black disability studies awareness um, activism, um, to really take shape in the community. You know, because I what what I say that um that black disabled people um are looking for a home. They they have no home now. Mm. Because the black community is so ableist, mm. and because of that, um black disabled people can't go home. So um I'm hoping that my work with Krip-Hop and Black disability studies will, you know, at least um, establish a little piece of home that people could build on. Um, one of the, the goals of, of my PhD is to have a Krip-Hop Institute in L.A., we would take over a building and it'll you be know, a physical building
0: like Ed Roberts building in Berkeley. Yes.
1: So so yeah so that's why <laughs>
0: you know. that's wonderful. So Leroy <laughs> when you say when you say that black disabled people have no home can you give a concrete example of what that looks like in your life or in the lives of other Black disabled people?
1: Yeah, for example, I go back to go back to my youth in, in the late 70s. Me and two other Black disabled friends of mine, we were all boys at the time. We wrote letters to black organizations. This is like seventy nine, eighties, so there's no computer. We wrote letters for a whole month to like NWACP, uh, Jesse Jackson, um, Oprah was on TV. I mean, all these black people. And we said, you know, we where it's black to people. And we got formulas and saying that there's nothing out there. And these formulas came from PhDs, you know, people that had you know, PhDs and our scholars on race and they did <laughs> have no clue around, you know, black disabled people. So that, you know, from there, you know, we, we have to build um, a sense of home in the black community, mm. you know, correcting the wrongs of, um, of these black, um, civil rights leaders and um, black organizations that have no clue around disability, so yeah. that's you know, that, that, that's the work of black disabled people is that they have to do it, it can't come from anybody else, and it's 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 a big question mark, you know, are they going to do it? you know, because there's, there's no bling bling in that work, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still on SSI, you know, although I'm doing this PhD program and it's weird, it's like for the first time in my life, I'm getting, um, amount of money that, 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 just like coming to me, you know, you know, doing this study, and I think also the um, the work that, I, that I've always done now, people are recognizing it, and um, I, I'm me as a consultant
0: mm-hmm. to
1: do that work. So it's 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 really coming full circle.
0: Yeah, it's finally coming full circle. Yeah.
1: As as a guy that's 54 years old.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask. I know we're very close in age. So you're I was gonna ask you how old you are. Yeah. Yeah. That you have a living wage coming to you finally in your life is extraordinary and a sad commentary of the value that we place on people with disabilities as a society. So Leroy, I want to bring it back to educators in elementary, middle, and high school, and what is it that teachers can do, can discuss? How can they? How can they support social justice for all people, including Black disabled people?
1: Thank you, Diane, for saying that because. God I mean, in California, we all know that there's a there's a law on the books that say, you know, disabilities should be part of the curriculum. But like like, like anything else, laws don't mean do nothing. It is not fully funded and fully implemented. So although we have these law on the books, it's not fully funded. It's not fully implemented. So what what I say to teachers is that use it, use this law, and show it to your principals, show it to higher up that this this is this is a law in California, so we have to do it. You know, it's not begging people to do. It. It's not saying, "Oh, please do." It. It's not you know, hopping on the inclusionary. Um, you know. Um, Campaign, do it. It's it's law, mm. so they, they have to do it, and that's that, 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 that's how it should, it should be seen, and to be seen that disabled students are everywhere. So a teacher that has the wisdom and knowledge to teach disabled students. And teach all students because our history is a part of the US. So.
0: so if I let's say I'm a teacher who has no experience with black, brown, indigenous people of color, um, <laughs> and mixed race people. And I come in and I'm I want to do right. I want to make sure that my students have a well rounded uh, view of what social justice means. Where can I find the resources? How can I know that I am speaking to this competently? What should I do? What are some strategies I can use to make sure that what I am teaching is based in respect and competence? and, um, you know, that I'm doing it the right way.
1: Yeah, well, first you got to recognize that you don't know everything, you know, so you have to reach out to people that do. And now that we have the internet and we have social media, there's no excuse not to know it. Um, That's one thing. Second is to is to follow the modes of like M- Emily Netherbond um, that that brought disability justice into her class by having me teach my book Black Disability History 101, and I, at a university. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know and. Battle, the system and say, "No, you, you're gonna recognize me as a scholar." You know, so that's that's huge because that's changing the whole institutional structure of what is a scholar. You know? mm. so we we need more teachers like that. You know, and and it's it's not because usually what 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 happens is that they that some Teachers, you know, give like a gift card for somebody to come to teach. It's, it's not that, you know, we're about the gift card. It's about really uh, leveling the playing field, you know, from academic scholar to you know community scholar, mm-hmm. and then using your institutional privilege to really change um, institutions of higher learning in, in mm. schools, you know, it's, 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 um, it's shocking because going back to um, when, when I was doing a nonprofit called Disability Advocates of Minorities Organization, um, me and gay grade we tried again to get into, like Bay Area schools, but the the teachers wanted, but the principals of the school board were just totally against it, you know. Yeah. And is is two black disabled men trying to get into special education schools to teach black disabled boys, and we 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 couldn't get into them because of of principles and stuff like that. So was
0: it was it that they didn't want to pay you or was it that they didn't want you sharing your experiences yeah
1: they did they they didn't see us uh, they didn't see the topic of black disabled you know as something to teach.
0: Mm. Wow
1: yeah yeah it is, so I was like are you serious yeah, yeah. so yeah so yeah and, and and also I think we need um, you need more black, white men in education and federal education. Yes, you know that is it's lacking so much. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah, Leroy, I know you've, even though we have lived on opposite ends of the state of California for some I years. Did. You, I'm getting closer. I'm getting you are getting closer. You're closer. You're in LA now. So you're closer to San Diego. Yeah. But you were up in the Bay Area for the longest time. And you would, any opportunity that you came to Southern California, we would get together. Or if I went to the Bay Area, we would get together and you would let me film you, you know, record you to share things with my elementary school students. And then, a couple times you were down here and you came to my school and talked to my students in elementary school and then you came to my san diego state class at the end of the day can you share the story of because you always talk about what a difference there was in the students receptiveness to you sharing from in elementary school versus at the university
1: yeah, and I think, you know, the difference was, I think you said that difference, you know, because in the elementary school, you, you know, laid the foundation of, you know, disability justice and disability, and, and, and you know, before I was there, you taught. About
0: my work. So when I stepped on campus, I was kind of like, Leo is here, Leo is here. You know? Leo is here. Yes, you were a celebrity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, they had learned already about ableism. They had already learned about access. They'd already learned about inclusion and disability history and um, about respect, just general respect. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yeah, and then you went to my class at night at SDSU, and <laughs>
1: it was totally different. It's so funny because my presentation had everything. We had all the bells and whistles. We had music. We had artists describing from Africa. Yeah, after all that, that one question, I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just left, I just like in elementary school and I had more questions and yeah my, 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 like I think I think I started with that I started like don't you know, don't be scared I just left elementary school with total questions so I don't be scared to ask a question I started out like that and still not one question
0: yeah crickets Crickets, people don't know, you know, people don't have relationships with people with disabilities in general, oftentimes, And, and if they haven't had that experience or those relationships, they don't know what to expect. There's a fear that they might be saying the wrong thing, asking the wrong question. But they really just don't know how to contextualize what should my question be, because I really don't know a whole lot about a person, mm-hmm. right?
1: And, and usually, you know, usually when I talk about hip hop, like being music and usually that that opens up, you know, the the and people are, are more willing to share. But that time here it is it's just, it's, it's crickets, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, Leroy, you shared that story about you going into your dad's uh, record collection and seeing that a lot of the people that he collected music from were people who were disabled. And when you discovered that, that just really lit you up. And you didn't mention that you are also a musician uh, and that you have a great interest in supporting disabled musicians and artists. And so can you just share a little bit about that? And then I would like for you to share where we can find your work, you know, where we can find your books, where we can find your albums and your work.
1: Yes, yes, Crip hop Crip hop started almost 15 years ago. This is the 15th year. And um, we started um, on KPFA. 96, 96 96.1 FM in Berkeley, where I had a three-part series on hip-hop and disability, and from there, it blew up on MySpace because Facebook wasn't around, so MySpace blew up, and that's where I met Keith Jones, the co-founder. One of the co-founders is Rob the Noise Temple, their mate Rob the Noise Temple. And after that, it's just it's just blew I mean, Our first conference was Crip Hop and Homo Hop at UC Berkeley, where we talked about disabled hip hop artists and queer hip hop artists. And that was at UC Berkeley.
0: What did you yeah. call it? Crip hop and Krip-hop.
1: HomoHop.
0: And HomoHop. Okay, thank you.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so we talked about how those two groups were isolated in hip-hop, you know, in mainstream hip-hop. So, yeah, so after that, you know, hip-hop has been putting out music um, articles um, this last year, Krip-Hop went under um, Keith Jones' um, LL- LLC, so he has an LLC, so Krip-Hop is under there, and- um,
0: Didn't didn't you win some kind of award?
1: Some kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind, uh, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of a big
0: one?
1: Kind of a big one, yeah, yeah. Krip-Hop won an Emmy, in mm-hmm for the uh, movie uh, Rising Phoenix about the Paralympics. And we did the music of uh, that, well, the, the theme the theme song. It gives Keith Jones and Tony Hickman and George Patrick Dunham. And so, yeah, we won an Emmy. And you know, think, thanks for bringing it up because it's kind of strange, although we won an Emmy, we never got media for it. It's like, I just don't understand that. It. like, we just wanted an Emmy. It's just, yeah, it's kind of weird, but yeah.
0: So when we educate children in our schools the right way, <laughs> then when Black disabled artists win an Emmy for a theme song, it's gonna get publicity. You know, when they become the adults, when they become the people in the community, um, when they own the businesses and the record labels and the film industry and all kinds of industries in the United States and abroad, um, things will change. But we have to start with the children. And I know you know that. And I thank you so much for the years that you have committed to supporting the education of children and youth.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, your books and stuff like that, it it just kicks butt. So, yeah.
0: Thank you, Leroy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters. If this was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow me, Diana, on Instagram at Diana Pastora Carson, and on Facebook at Facebook.comslash go beyond awareness. Or you can go to my website for more information at Diana My books include Beyond Awareness. Bringing disability into diversity work in K-12 schools and communities, as well as my children's book Ed Roberts, Champion of Disability Rights, they can both be found on Amazon. For your free Beyond Awareness resource called the Five Keys to Going Beyond Awareness, simply go to gobeyondawareness.com/keys. This podcast transcription and podcast guest information can be found in the show notes. Intro and outro music has been provided courtesy of Emmanuel Castro. Thank you again for joining me. Be well, be a lifelong learner, and let's be inclusive. See you next time.